Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. As always, I am your host, Dave Hallahan. I'm going to start the show off with a big announcement. I have been talking about giving away the book Disruptive Witness, Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age by Alan Noble, who was last week's guest. If you haven't checked out that interview, definitely be sure to do that. It was a lot of fun to talk to him. We we chatted basketball. We talked about an article that he wrote about uh, suicide and depression and how gospel can be the gospel can be used to combat that and then we talked about his book disruptive witness and it was a really good conversation thankful for alan noble coming on and excited to be giving this book away and so you were able to be entered to win this book and any future giveaways that we do by leaving a rating and review on itunes or by becoming a patron Each gives you one entry, so you can have up to two entries every giveaway. And this month's winner, who will be getting Disruptive Witness Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age by Alan Noble is... Matt Ralph. Matt Ralph is one of our patrons. He's been supporting since July. And so this Christmas, this December, he'll be getting his six-month gift. But before that, he gets a pre-gift He gets this book, Disruptive Witness, so that is on its way, and I'm sure he will enjoy it. If you have not picked up your copy of Disruptive Witness, you won't be getting a free one from me, but you can pick it up at Hearts and Minds Bookstore or, if you have to, Amazon.com. I believe right now it's it's under $10 on Amazon, so probably the most cost-effective way for you to get that. And then you can start reading it in less than two days. I've done a little run here of conversations with people who I don't really know, uh, people whose books I've read or whatever that I've been able to reach out to. I have a string of episodes coming up of people, uh, friends of mine, people who I do know. We're going to talk about some interesting things, and I'm working on the first actual like full-length solo episodes where I'll be talking about problem passages, uh, Several of you have reached out to me when I asked about passages in scripture that have been problematic to you. Either you just don't understand them or you think you understand them, but you don't want to believe (laughs) what it's saying. Uh, You've been frustrated by them. You've seen them abused to promote things that are not godly or you just you're you're struggling with how to grasp. Should I read this literally? Should I not? And so we have a bunch of uh, passages that have been uh, sent to me that I'm working on. Uh, I'll probably have an episode for each. If there's a few that I feel like are quick hitters, then maybe I'll, I'll put a couple of them together. But I'm really excited about that series so we can kind of dig into scripture together. You'll get a look kind of behind the curtain, how I interact with scripture. I don't know that you should do it the way that I do, but you'll at least uh, see how I do. And I, I do think that uh, As I'm going through some of these passages right now, I do think that there's some overall themes and some helpful uh, tips that we can use as we engage with scripture that will clear up some of these things. So excited to be getting into that. Today's episode is... It's, it's something. So I, uh, I, I shared this with my patrons already, but uh, Larry Johnson is today's guest. 
Larry Johnson uh, played running back for Penn State University and for the Kansas City Chiefs and a few other teams in the NFL and uh, is retired. And uh, he's on Twitter now and he has uh, been sharing some interesting thoughts. Uh, I don't know that he's specifically talked about the Illuminati by name, but basically uh, what many people would classify as conspiracy theories, he is... uh, feeding into a lot of them, uh, bringing up ones I've never heard about, playing on ones that I've heard plenty of times before. And so he's been tweeting them out and uh, a few, a friend of mine kind of saw them and some of the the heat that he was getting because of it and sent them to me. And we kind of, if I'm honest, we laughed about him. We we just were kind of playful about it back and forth. And we would kind of keep up to see what he was talking about here and there. And so my friend, Uh, He suggested, hey, you should have him on the podcast. And he was joking. And uh, I knew he was joking. And I thought there's no way Larry Johnson, why would former NFL running back care about my little podcast? So I sent him a direct message on Twitter just as a joke. I screenshotted the direct message, sent it to my friend. We laughed about it. And I thought that was it. Then a few hours later, Larry Johnson said, yeah, I'll do it. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't really want Larry Johnson to come on my podcast and just talk about the Illuminati uh, unhinged. Um, So I said, okay, you can do it. But just so you know, I do think that some of your thoughts uh, and some of the things that you're pointing to, well, I disagree with most, if not all of them. And I think that they are problematic and even dangerous in some. So if you're okay with a little bit of pushback and me asking for more evidence where I think it's necessary, then come on. He said, yeah, next week I'm open. Tell me when. So... I'm talking to Larry Johnson, former NFL running back, about the Illuminati. What a bizarre world that we live in, that this is happening. But it's happening. But I, I do want to I, I want to say, because I've, I've gone back and forth of should I even put this out there or not. Is this really uh, something? Is this a platform that I want to give Larry Johnson, and then I realized that he's got a couple thousand, he's got like 50,000 or more. He's got over 60,000 Twitter followers, and I have maybe a couple hundred, like 150 listeners to the podcast or however many of you are out there. So really, I'm taking away his platform. So maybe I'm doing a good work here. Uh, But no, I really did have thoughts and doubts and questions. Is this something I really even want to put out there or not? Because like I told him, I do think that some of these ideas are dangerous. I think they have real world implications. Uh, I think that we need to be careful in a fake news world, what we are consuming, uh, what ideas we're, we're giving credence to. And I expressed some of these to a friend and he said, well, thinking out loud is a place to digest audibly the things we tend to think through silently. We'll look at a variety of complex issues from a variety of viewpoints, not necessarily to get right answers, but to build empathy and perspective. And so this is a complex issue <laughs> from a unique perspective. Uh, so you're going to hear my conversation with Larry Johnson, but I do, uh, wanted to point out a a few things about conspiracy theories, if you will. Earlier this year, an organization called YouGov uh, did some research and some studies, and they found that those uh, people who identify as religious are more likely to identify uh, or to believe, quote-unquote, conspiracy theories, like uh, a flat earth theory or conspiracies that 
share a common premise that a powerful group of elite individuals are withholding or distorting the truth. And so why is that? Why as Christians are we more likely to do that? I think in in our current age and time, we do live in a place where conspiracy theories are a major part of our culture. That with the internet, we I think it's really it's not something that just Christians are susceptible to. I think all people are susceptible to this because of confirmation bias. That if you believe that mainstream media only produces fake news, then you can go on the internet and you can find things that will point out that will confirm that bias that you have. And then you can ignore all of the things that counteract that bias. And so this produces a a cycle in our, in our minds and our brains that we are just going down this confirmation bias uh, spiral. Uh, Many of these conspiracies actually find their you'll you'll hear people talk about freemasons uh the illuminati the the, many of these conspiracies date back to this book that's over 100 years old called the protocols of the elders of zion and this book contains strange looking symbols that uh, we see today uh, that are often attributed to the Freemasons or, or whatever. And in the book, it's supposed to be meeting notes from a secret gathering of Jewish leaders and Freemasons called the Elders of Zion. And they outline a plan to conspire to slowly take over the world's media, governments, and banks in effort to destroy Christianity. But the book was proven to be a hoax, that it was written with the intention of turning people against Jews. So many of these conspiracies have an anti-Semitic background. Alex Jones, who is probably the most notorious conspiracy theorist, uh, has runs a website, InfoWars, has had President Trump on his show in 2015, where Trump said, your reputation is amazing. But Jones professes to be a Christian, but he holds many extreme and dangerous ideas and anti-Semitic views, viewpoints. He believes that George Soros is the head of the Jewish mafia and actually worked alongside Adolf Hitler. Jones was banned from social media platforms after suggesting that the victims of mass shootings were actors, that many of Alex Jones's followers have harassed family members of children who have been killed in mass shootings. And a lot of times these conspiracy theories have real world impact. In December 2016, uh, 28-year-old man Edgar Welch drove several hours from North Carolina to a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. He stormed in, had an AR-15, several other firearms, and Welch believed that the restaurant was actually a front for a child trafficking uh, ring run by powerful political figures, and he had come to save the children to blow this conspiracy theory wide open and he regularly consumed a steady diet of info wars after going and endangering the lives of the people in the restaurant that day he apologized writing that he came to dc with the intent of helping people i believed were in dire need of assistance and to bring an end to a corruption that i felt was harming innocent lives but the truth was there was nothing there and so we need to be careful with what we allow ourselves to believe and that is some of what i expressed to larry johnson there are are things that he's saying that i have some credence but then he just i would say and i said to him and would continue to say that he takes way too far are there dangerous messages maybe even satanic or cult-like messages in the music industry 
I can believe that. I certainly can believe that. Does it mean that musicians and actors and actresses and other celebrities are sacrificing, making human sacrifices in order to become famous? That's a dangerous accusation. And I think a lot of these conspiracies take fragments of truth and then throw them into these wild, baseless accusations. So basically what I'm trying to say is take this episode with a grain of salt because I talked to Larry Johnson about conspiracy theories. It's kind of out there. It's kind of crazy. I do think Larry Johnson seems to have a genuine faith in Jesus, but what I said to him and I've said to others who have kind of bought in hook, line, and sinker on these conspiracy theories is that his focus is not on Christ. His focus is on these theories. And so to me, that is an initial signal that he is off base. I think there's something about this secret knowledge that is alluring and tempting and makes you feel like you have an upper hand on everyone else. I I forget exactly who said it, but I'm pretty sure it was my pastor who called these conspiracy theories a pornography of knowledge. And I really think that's what it is, that there's this this allure, it's, it's this cheap, quote unquote, truth that you can grab and it gives you this sense of superiority and, and, you know, I, I think Larry is probably a very nice guy, a great guy, great to talk to, but I think these ideas are dangerous. And I think that what feels to him like illumination is actually cloudiness and is darkness and is not truth. So I feel like, uh, That sets it up as best as I'm going to be able to set it up. But here's my conversation with former Penn State University running back, Larry Johnson. So what what are you up to these days? Uh, football career is done. What what's keeping your time busy now? Uh, my daughter raising my daughter keeps me busy most of the time. And other than that, um, I'm just really getting reinserting myself back into the Word of God and kind of catching up on my religion. Not necessarily religion, but kind of catching up on my beliefs and breaking down my belief systems that I had previously and letting go of certain things that I don't believe in anymore and and kind of waking up to a different type of spirituality that wasn't really in me when I was playing football. You're you living that dad life with a daughter. I have three daughters of my own, so wow. uh, so <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. I know about that for sure. There's a my life is a lot pinker than I ever thought it would be. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you said you're kind of w- uh, getting back into scripture and. Uh, and kind of reawakening your uh, religion or spirituality, uh, your relationship with God. Um, Were you like brought up in like a Christian home or is that something that you've discovered later in life? I was brought up in a Christian home. I was brought up being Baptist and going through those years, your your parents made you go to church and pay offering when you were like like five or six years old. So you thought that this was the, the thing to do. And until I got into my adolescence and into my young adult years, I had stopped going to church. I had stopped believing in religion. I had stopped following the word and kind of lived the life more or less of the heathen and kind of did whatever I wanted. And 
through my professional career, that's I also did the same thing, which, you know, I drank, got drunk, you know, had fights with women, uh, went to clubs, stayed out all night, did everything. I did everything but worship God. And until maybe four, five, six years later, I found out that most of the religion I was following was false and most of the traditions and holidays that I was following were also false. And so I had to break loose or get broken down by the word of God and re reinvent myself spiritually. All right. So what are, what are some of those things, um, you know, maybe you held to before that you've let go of now? Uh, Christmas, Halloween, Easter, those things that come from pagan backgrounds uh, and been manipulated by the the Catholic Church, which is also, but that's where baptism, Baptist comes from, is also a, a handed down religion from the Catholic, uh, the Catholic religion. And we, we rep, we celebrate Easter and Christmas and saying that this is the, the, the birth of Jesus when actually, uh, the demon Santa Claus, which is also called St. Nick also has Northern traditions of, uh, representing a demon and representing where it usually came from. We just, nowadays you just, because of paganism, you make it into a sweet holiday that it's about buying gifts and representing Jesus and the tree and all that. But all of it has uh, a demonic influence attached to it. And also Easter being that the goddess Ishtar, which was basically where all the child sacrificing comes from when it's sacrificed to the Babylonian God, uh, Moloch and Baal, uh, it came from Ishtar. They used to use the rabbits and the eggs and child sacrifice and the blood. That's where we get the dying the eggs from was from, them actually killing babies and using the blood to decorate. So that's why I stopped yeah. doing that. So I, I've heard some some of these things before, and that even like the date of uh, uh, of Christmas and uh, Easter, uh, you know, Easter while Christmas is always December twenty fifth, Easter really revolves around the 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 sun, and uh, that it was a pagan holiday. Um, do you think like is is the right the only right answer to distance ourselves from that, or like is there not uh, room for like as Christians especially? Because I think so. I think both of those holidays have, at the very least, I think we would both agree, have become commercialized. Um, I don't know that I would go as far as um, you know if, or and I don't know actually that you're saying this either, but that if you celebrate that, that you are in some way, uh, involving yourself in like demonic practices. Like if, if as a Christian, I think I'm celebrating the birth of Jesus or that's what I am celebrating. Uh, is there a way to do that but, and keep myself separate from what you're kind of the, the pagan background of these holidays? I mean, you have to really go into the Bible and see what the Bible says. It never says that Jesus was even born during Christmas or in the wintertime. And most people would understand that if you read the scripture, Jesus was born when the weather was warm because of the dates on the tree where which Mary sat under, the dates were a different color than they are in the wintertime. And I think you can distance yourself. You don't have to celebrate and go, you know, all hard and heavy with it. But most people find it difficult to not buy gifts on Christmas, to not put up a tree on Christmas. And that those two things, you may, it may not be demonic practices, but you're, you were involving yourself with idol worship. And it was one thing that is the very one rule. If you read through everything through the Bible, he he 
comes out and saying that he hates that the most is putting gods before him. And when you do that, you're putting Babylonian and Canaanite gods and deities and Babylonian misreligions, you're putting those gods ahead of, of, head of God and saying that, well, I'm just you know, going to separate myself from this holiday, but I'm still going to kind of enjoy for this holiday. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. There seems to be a history within Christianity of kind of taking uh, cultural practices and reappropriating them for uh, practices within Christianity. So even like early on, um, early in the church, not, so this is obviously like after Jesus, um, but like the 15th, 16th, 17th century, like what we would call hymns. Now, a lot of them were like bar songs, like they would be played in, in the bars or wherever, but then the lyrics were changed, but the melody was kind of the same. Um, it like, is that in my mind, that is just taking what we know and using it to worship God. Would you like, is that all wrong or is, is some of that okay to do? Like I said, they, we, uh, you should know what this term means, lukewarm Christian. And yeah. I think, you know, we have to we have to pick one side or the other. There is no way to break it down and make it seem less offensive to God. If it's offensive one way, it's offensive in all ways. And I think that's what where the term, you know, really gets lost of most people don't think they're lukewarm Christians. Most people think I go to church every day. I represent the holidays that I invest in my ability to to give praise and worship to God and in in his only begotten son. But in the, the realm of it, if you don't go down and break down every part of the Bible and every part and what each of those traditions mean, regardless of what's in your heart, if it's not in you, if it's not lawful for it to do going against the Ten Commandments, then it's, you're not supposed to be doing it. And that's where the term lukewarm Christian comes in because most people just don't want to give up everything. I get it. Like, I was one of those guys. I was like, when we were all young, we were all in, into Christmas. We were all into, you know, the reason for the season. We were all into it. But when you get older, you start realizing certain things happen that you, I just don't have those, I just don't have a, a claw into those traditions anymore. And I just, I just gave it up all together rather than trying to sit and, and reason with myself, what ways would I could offend God and which ways doesn't offend God. And I just believe that if, if it's offensive to one part of it, it's going to, be offensive all right. to so all you're, it, you're kind of erring on that side of it's better to just abandon it than to try to reappropriate it or whatever, because, okay. Um, yeah. So you've also, on, uh, I guess, part of this journey has been, uh, you, you've been vocal about it, at least on Twitter, uh, and calling out things that you're seeing in culture and sports. I guess my, my question is, do you think that um, Twitter is, it's a limited forum, right? Like each tweet, you get 280 characters. I mean, you did come on this podcast, so you are expanding uh you're a, it's a long form way to share some of what you're, you're thinking or seeing, but, uh, Twitter seems, I mean, I, I'm not with you on a daily basis, so I don't know, uh, where else you're, you're doing this, but Twitter seems like probably not in my mind, not the best place for you to be sharing these thoughts because you can't like, you lack some nuance on there because you're, you're limited to characters. Um, so what, what do you see the benefit of putting these things out there on Twitter? 
I don't I, see because I, I understand like Twitter is like the downfall of society because everybody goes in there and basically jokes and mocks and memes about even serious issues like pedophilia or people get dying and stuff like that. People will find a joke out of anything. And I think they rush to find some movie reference that um, that matches up to whatever, you know, tragedy that happens. I, I get that part of society, but also I have to do it this way in hopes that I, I'm not trying to free everybody's mind. I'm trying to get maybe one or three people, one to three people who will actually hear what I say and go investigate it themselves. And that's how I literally came into the truth. I saw one thing about the music industry and then I just kept going. It became an obsession. I just went from one topic to the other topic to the next topic to the next topic. I'm trying to free those people's minds. I don't know. I could care less. I, I, I threw myself under the bus with my my arrest and being on TV talking about my arrest and talking about my my mental issues and struggles. I already threw myself under the bus. So anything people say to me on Twitter, it's gonna some of it is gonna be jokes and lo- losses, but that is the whole point to my whole message. I'm dividing people. I'm I'm dividing the people who want to hear the message and actually see further. And even when the people mock and joke and retweet it and mock and joke, it's still people that see it and go to my Twitter page and still want to investigate the truth for themselves. I'm not trying to save the whole world. If I can free five and 10 minds on a monthly basis, I'm feeling I'm doing my, I'm doing my due diligence. I'm not trying to go to, you know, have <laughs> arena sellout shows and talk about all this mess. And I mean, if people want to look into it, look into yeah. it. If they don't, they don't. I mean, that's on, I can't wake up their mind. That's only something that so, God can, um, only God can do. Some of the stuff that like you're pointing out and, uh, I've seen this in other places too, but the you know the devil horns, the the OK symbol, the six six six. I remember the one you had a a picture of Megan Trainer, and she had like the the eye ring, the all seeing eye, and Meek Mill doing the OK, mm-hmm. the six six six. Like so, and then you're you so you're talking about how scripture has played a role in it. Then you're pointing out these things which uh, in scripture. Like there's not a direct connection of, you know, if you see someone doing this, then it's bad. So what, what other sources are you going to? And like, how, I guess, how do you know they're reliable sources? Well, the sources that I'm going to is the Bible. It says, judge a man by his fruits. If I see a man, every photo shoot, he's doing the okay 666 sign, or he's doing the devil horns when he's doing rap in a rap entertainment industry, and then you see who he signs with, and then you look at their lyrics. Their lyrics are always alluding to a a blood oath with the devil. Every every musical artist over time period of time period of time period have kept saying they sold themselves out to the devil. You go to, you go to, you hear it from their mouths. Take, for instance, um, Katy Perry. She did an interview talking about she wanted to be the Amy Grant of, of, of pop music. Then she said, I well, I, that didn't work, so I just sold my soul to the devil. Tom Petty, the guy, uh, Tom Br- Br- Brashaw, Brashaw, whatever, they, they, Tom Bradley, I think, interviewed him and said, why won't you retire? When would you quit? He said, well, you know, you know, I wanted to, but I, I got I to gotta pay my due diligence. I, it's the man upstairs is doing it. He said, I got I to pay my dues to the devil. These guys, these artists are standing out of their own mouths, and then you go look through their music videos. It's always at this point in time they know people are already so asleep they don't see it, but there's always pyramids, Egyptian Ra symbols, 
uh, the upside down cross, the, the crucifixion cross. It's always in the music videos that people don't pay attention to because you because most kids in this generation brought up into it, so they don't want to see it or they can't see it because they don't. It's so far removed from you know Christianity or religion or even God itself, so they don't look for those signs because they think this is just normal. This is normal behavior. But for me, who's been around since before social media and actually hung out with a Jay-Z and a Beyonce before, they weren't doing all of this before. I never once see them put up the devil horns and all as much as they do now. They do it on a consistent basis. That's one thing that started being alarming to me. I get my sources from them. I wouldn't right. be talking about this stuff if I didn't see it. But the fact that they do it so all the time So one of the things is, you said there alarming. was that like people, most of us, are asleep to it, that we're not aware of it. Um, so I, one thing that I've questioned about that then is, like, what is the point of it? So if to me or to someone else, like, they see they see those symbols in a music video or uh the hand signals or whatever and to them it's just a meaningless gesture like it they're not like you're saying like a six-year-old kid watching a basketball game isn't like oh lebron james is worshiping the devil before the game like that's not what's going through his head so what is the point of even signaling that like if there is some uh something behind it some conspiracy something that they've sold their soul to um like they're they're not really spreading that message because like you're saying, we're asleep to it. Wouldn't uh, becoming awake to it uh, make us more susceptible to buying into it? No, because you actually, I look when you when you see people doing it, I I look at it up as you. It's, it really doesn't have anything to do with you because it doesn't make you necessarily. If you're a strong-minded person, you're not. Of course, when you you do your pictures with your children on that, you're not going to do the devil horns because because they did it. You know, you're strong minded, but people who are weak minded and see this, I see my friends, the ones that work in the club industry, they start doing it. You know what I'm saying? They may not know what they're representing, but they're doing it based off what they see people on, do, on, on TV do. So if LeBron James and like, let's right. take it back to like the Bible real quick. Everybody knew in the book of Genesis, the devil wanted to be like the most high. He wanted to be worshiped like God. He wanted to be he wanted this kingdom in the heavens like God. So if you look at it from that spiritual aspect of it, so when you see LeBron James, Beyonce, Jay-Z, all these, Megan Trainer, all these, they are given allegiance. They're worshiping their God. Their God is the devil. They, that's what they're, when you see them do it before games, that is what they're supposed to do. They are, they are controlled. They sign a blood oath to be successful in this life and get material things. He, he, Loves to be worshipped. The devil wants to be worshipped like God. He cannot stand it when followers of Christ, followers of God and the Messiah, he cannot stand it. So he was going to get the, the biggest name he get in that entertainment industry and make him sign a, a blood oath, make him sign a contract. So, well, if you want these things, you want to be in a movie, you want to be doing voiceovers for children movies. If you want all of these things to be successful and us talk about you on ESPN every two minutes, you need to worship me. And so that's what you see when you get out of these artists. They are coming. They, these guys don't come from a background like me and you. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming yep. your, your mom and dad are still together. OK, so my mom and dad are still together. They they go after kids who, who are single parents who rely on money to they see the way they through. They think money is the cure all for their soul. So they are going to sign anything and everything that's going to make them famous and rich. And not spiritually rich, but just rich right. materialistic. 
materialistically. So that's what you so, get the um, worship of the devil for. Like I'm, I'm tracking with you. And I, I get what you're saying. There, there does seem to be uh, like a leap from. So I take it from their own mouth, right? Like there, we have music artists who have said, I've watched some of those interviews too. And uh, so I've heard that. Um, But then, so how, how do we know the, like you're, you're saying that they're told you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Like, we're not getting all of that information. um, And we don't know that every person like, that we, you can see a sign and then you attribute it to, well, they must be a part of this group or whatever. Um, like there just seems to be a leap from there's and not a few, maybe there's a lot, whatever, but there's several who have kind of said it in interviews, but then we don't, I don't know, like what is actually happening behind the scenes. Like, do you, do you <laughs> know what's happening behind the scenes? Like, is there, I mean, you- I mean, I don't even have to see what happened about the scenes. You see, like I said, people who are not awake to it and don't want to be because they they want to hold on to this part of the world. They think God God created the world and all that, but the devil runs it. Now, mind you, it says, and if you're if you're a true believer in God and you go through the scripture, it says the rich will have the hardest time making it into heaven. So what does that tell you? All you have to do is look around and see who the richest people, and they do the same symbols and it seems symbols and signs. They represent the same culture. They don't represent God. When is the last time you heard anybody get on TV say, "I thank God for my talent. I thank God for everything I have." You don't know. You no longer see it. I don't have to go behind the scenes because you hear stories. You're not going to hear it on mainstream media. If you look look through YouTube and all this stuff, there's people coming out. There's certain certain areas of feet. They're getting deleted. But if you catch it, there are people coming out who's been in the industry game that's been telling that's telling people this is what you have to do to be in allegiance with them. They want you to do sacrifices. They want you to do this. And then you just pay attention to the people who die around them. This is not like, oh, everybody knows somebody that dies. Yeah. But when you but when you it's used as a precursor to why you blow up and be famous, people say, oh, no, I was just grinding all my life. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. People don't people understand the spiritual involvement because they see things through their physical um, eyes. So and when not you spiritual ones. you track those signs and you make those connections, um, are you you're assuming that like every time that's the case, or like don't you think uh, at some point, let's say, let's assume you, you know this is happening, um, but like will you, no one become famous or make it big and have someone die in their life without it being part of this uh kind of secret society or whatever that's happening no yeah like i said ice when i see it happen all the time i rarely won't even speak on it only time i really speak on it if i and my soul and my spirit know exactly how it happened i will i'm going to speak on it and even if i do i'm never going to say this is what happens i will i would say this is a coincidence that this is what happened. I never once, it, it, all my tweets, I never said people were, were worshiping the devil. I would just connect. Everybody has their talents. I think if you led by the Holy Spirit, everybody has their talents. You know, yours could be, you know, this channel. Mine could be uh, discernment, which is being able to point out inconsistencies in what people do or point out the, co- the weirdly, oddly coincidences and kind of bring it to light. Like, mind you, I don't, go at people and judge them and say this you you guys are devil worshipers i usually use 
a source of things they say out of their own mouths or things that they do that no one does really. No one, like I never, like I even looked at it at myself as somebody who played football and was signed under Rockaware and which was Jay-Z most, most of my, through my career, I was going to the t- Indian zone and throwing up the pyramid signs. Now, mind you, I don't know what I was doing. I thought I was just, you know, representing Rockware because he did it. Knowing below and behold, I'm throwing up the, the Illuminati pyramid. I'm doing all the things that I that I'm seeing them do. You see what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm right. understanding yeah, it. Yeah. So I get it. Like most people don't understand it. But if you don't look deeper into the message of what's going on, you're not going. You not anybody's not going to understand it. Like. People don't know Jesus. The people never met Jesus in their in their life. They never know what God looks like. But people believe believe that they do exist. It's the same thing with the devil. That is kind of where I. This is probably my last question. We can we'll see where it goes. But like so, as a Christian, as a, a follower of Jesus, um, as you said, like you know, people may have some. Uh, superficial understanding of who Jesus is. They've heard the name or whatever, and maybe they even call themselves a Christian, uh, but they don't have like a, a deep understanding of what it means to be a follower of Christ. This, what you're, the things that you're pointing out, the inconsistencies, the signs, do you, do you see that as pointing people towards God? Because I see it as pointing people towards the devil, not that you're encouraging them to follow the devil, but it, to me, it would seem like a, an effective, a more effective way for Christians to promote messages of Christ would be to point people to Christ, um, not so much the work of the devil. Does that make sense? Or, um, what are you thinking? You go there? to the book of Ephesians five eleven. It says, "You never have anything to do with the the works of the dark side, but rather expose them." This is what I'm doing. Mm. And if you go to Ephesians 6.12, it would say that we not we don't wrestle with flesh, but of the spirit in demonic places. I'm trying to get children to stop worshiping these fall these these falling idols. I'm I'm trying to get them to stop worshiping it and understand that you're being led to believe in the it's not led to believe, but you are being led and worshiped into following LeBron. Just say, oh, I want to be like LeBron. I, that's who I'm really talking to. I'm not trying to lead anybody to the devil. I'm trying to show you that they don't care about you. These idols don't care about you. They only care about worshiping and you getting you worshiping them and they worshiping the devil. They care nothing about you. It's all a lie. To me, it's all a lie to get you away from God. Like, mind you, once I'm finished and if I get enough followers, I will start trying to turn them back into God. But most people already see what I'm talking about. I just want to open up eyes so when people enough people believe me, I can then start re-telling re them that, hey, this is how I did my walk. I walked back into God by pointing out the things I was doing in my own life. That's pretty much what my goal is. Okay. I got you. Well, that ultimate goal is something I can certainly align myself with. You know, I... Uh, I'm a pastor here at a church in uh, Woodbury, New Jersey. And uh, so I am uh, me and my brother, uh, my younger brother, him and I have kind of gone back and forth. Um, He's he's I think you and him would uh, see eye to eye on a lot of things. And uh, I I like I get it. (laughs) I've had those late night like YouTube rabbit holes where like just one video Mm -hmm. to the next to the next to the next. Um, And I've seen some of it. And where I would probably land is that, you know, I definitely, I don't think that a lot of like, uh, the 
entertainment, sports entertainment, music entertainment, like those industries, I I certainly would not say that their goal is to be God honoring. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all that there is some like nefarious stuff happening. Um, but where I kind of where I can't get to is that this like over it's overrun that there's uh and I don't know how how deep like you you would say it goes but uh you know the Illuminati that there is like this one uh, this attempted one world government or whatever like all of that uh I don't know I the the way the internet is now if I want to go find the information that will prove that to me I can find it but if I want to go find the information that will disprove it I can find that too and so what it comes down to me is uh how does this affect the way that I live, right? That Jesus calls us to love our neighbor, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Um, and so even if there is this kind of secret society or whatever going on, how does that affect like my responsibility? Uh, am I living in fear? Am I living in worry and in, in anxiety? Because uh, when you, like you said earlier, by by their fruit, you will know them. And I think even by teachings or by ideas or symbols and chasing after different ideas, like whether I should chase after this idea is the fruit will tell me if this is something I should chase after or not. And so if the fruit of something is creating fear or anxiety or worry in me, then I don't know that that's something that I want to chase after. And so, um, you know, I, my goal is to point people to Christ, to, to love people to, uh, and you know, there is definitely a role in that too. When you you have a daughter, so you know you love her. That doesn't mean that you don't tell her when she's doing something wrong. So I I definitely I get that part of it. Um, but it, for a lot of like when I see people talking about the Illuminati and and I don't know you personally, so I'm not trying to make any personal judgments. But those who I do know personally in my life, like that seems to almost become all consuming. Like that's the only thing that they're focused on and worried about and. I feel like if if that is consuming you, then even if it is exposing uh, a darkness, that you're, it is taking you away from focusing on the light. Some of the baseline things that, that you're saying, I'm like, yes, like we need to be discerning in the entertainment that we take in and uh, we need to com- really test it against scripture and to see is this something that I should be consuming or not. there you have it people if you've been wondering what larry johnson is up to now you know since i interviewed him so i talked to him not much was going on in his life other than digging into these things apparently he is now a writer for Infowars, so he's pretty deep into it but anyway uh thank you for listening thank you for your support we'll be back to some uh, more normal topics next week looking forward to that Thank you, as always, to Ministry Crate and Lowercase People for the contributions to the show. Thank you for listening. Make sure you tell somebody. You listen to this cool podcast with this guy who talks to former football stars about the Illuminati. They'll love it, too. Please leave a rating and review if you'd be so kind. And hey, 
If you really want to make an impact, if this show has impacted your life, where else are you getting content like this where I'm talking to Larry Johnson about the Illuminati? You can't get that anywhere else. So consider becoming a patron. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash thinking out loud pod. Until next time.